I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family. Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic heart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today we have Miss Kayla Bruton. She is our successful underdog today. She is from New Jersey. She is a spiritual expansion coach, and she's the owner of Emerge, which is her company, part of, you know, helping people and serving people and adding value to the world. So how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I am excited too, just from our pre-conversation. I know this is going to be fire. So let's uh, let's see how we start. Um, okay. <laughs> when you were younger, mm-hmm. what was life like being a biracial child in New Jersey? Mm, interesting. Okay. So I always like to tell the story that growing up, I never fit into one group of friends. So I had friends that were white, that were black, that were Hispanic, that were all the boxes. Um, but they could only check one box where I could check all of those boxes. Um, and growing up, I was told by both of my parents that you're not black, you're not white, you're both. And so what did that mean culturally? What did that mean, like just socially in my life? Um, Was I got to be a part of different conversations, depending on the group of friends. So let's say in the group of friends of um, maybe that uh, were black, I could be in certain conversations But once they started talking about uh, maybe getting their hair braided or different hairstyles, I couldn't relate to those conversations. Um, But then if I was hanging out with my friends that were white and they were speaking about their spray tans for prom, I couldn't relate. Um, So there were just aspects culturally, socially that I found myself very much so in the middle. Um, But growing up, it wasn't something that I felt um, low self-esteem about or felt out of place or judged because I was grateful to be raised by parents who were also mixed. And so their upbringing, then how they brought me up was to be confident in that and to be given the perspective that I see things from multiple points of view. And that then played into the success of my business and what I currently do. So yeah, the situations growing up were interesting because there were certain things that I experienced that maybe my sister didn't and we had the same parents, but literally because of our complexion, um, we should have the same, you know, uh, grandparents, our complexion determined what experiences we got to have, um, even though we were checking the same boxes on the papers. (laughs) Understand, understand. That's... uh... That's cool that you that you were able to be in different groups with different people. Um, I remember being a kid in <clears throat> from Michigan City, Indiana is small, so it's more white people 
but then you know being black you're around your black friends but growing up I actually lived in basically an all-white neighborhood so mm. I got to see what it was like to live in a white household because some of those people babysitted us but then I don't know if babysitted is a word but anyway babysat yeah <laughs> You, you got what I was saying. Yes. Uh, but I think uh, like seeing that, but then also being black, having a black mom and she, she definitely didn't play because it's like times you could see maybe a white mom and a black mom and it's like, yeah, believe you able to do that. Yeah. Do you know what happened to me? I wouldn't be here living right now if I was yes. to say something or do something. So I got to see on both sides, but not actually being a part of it. So yeah when you were like in school who did what what was your school like was it mixed school or was it predominantly white predominantly black yeah yeah so I think it's also important to like touch on like the parent aspect of what you said so um my dad is mixed my my dad's mother um my grandfather and my grandmother were together and my grandfather was actually sent to um like a holding cell for being with my grandmother, um, because at that time, a black man was not supposed to be with a white man. And that's just my grandparents. Like, they are still alive and well, walking on their two feet and could tell you the story themselves. And that just right there brings up, like, this was not that long ago um, that these things were happening. And so, like, this experience of being mixed is, is um, evolving, I guess you could say. And so my dad being Middle Eastern and Black and my mom being Italian and Puerto Rican, I really saw all the different perspectives, all the different cultures. Um, and then that also played into my relationships in high school, friend-wise as well, because um, I went to a predominantly white high school. And I didn't know that I was going to a predominantly white high school until I got to college and the entire demographic was different. Um, and that's when I realized like, oh, I spent a lot of my elementary through high school and middle school years around more predominantly white people um, compared to um, Black people or Hispanic people, um, or really just anyone of color. Um, so there were a lot of things just about myself, my own identity that I had to learn. Um, I used to be a blonde with straight hair because that's, you know, you're a product of your environment. And so for me, that was like normal um, until I got to college and realized that like, I can love my curls. I can love what I look like, my complexion, all of those things. Um, and that came from being around others who were confident in that for themselves, which I didn't see much of in high school. Mm, understand. So our, I, I kind of, I think uh, our, our high school is kind of mixed, but it was, it was always more uh, like wh white people at the school. So you, we would see, um, like we've seen racism. We've seen a lot of that. Sure. Like different kind of things just from being at a school like that so I remember um, one of my close friends um, when we were growing up when I was growing up he was from Chicago and he came to one of the schools he didn't go to like the public school he went to a private and it was all white so I remember him just telling me how it was for him going from Chicago to this all white school and he would get in trouble yeah. and all these different things because it was different for him so uh, when I went to college, so I come, Michigan City is mainly white. We go, I go to school and um, it's called Vincennes, Indiana. So when I go to college, my college experience is, is black people, but we're in this hick town. Like, mm, yeah, my, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, like we experience, in college, we experience a lot of stuff with police. Mm -hmm. So for you, just thinking of that, how, mm -hmm. uh, 
So when you're, since I'm I'm black, I don't know how it is to be white. But <laughs> me either. I'm a little of both. So <laughs> yeah, you're a little of both. But you know, um, so when you're around um, black people, how is yeah. it? Are they, do you get treated as the light skinned girl or the mixed <laughs> girl or like how does that go for you? Because I know, you know, it's something that we shouldn't do, but yeah. it's just part of our culture where you know sure if you look, you're a certain skin complexion you know people look at you a certain way so how was it for you like when you got yeah. around black people yeah um I was never white enough and I was never black enough um and now I've, I'm so far removed from even really surrounding myself with people that approach me in that kind of way um because then I added this whole other aspect of like all the crystals and the spirituality that people are really like what are you um, and so in a, in a room of, um, black people, it was more so, um, I don't know. I, it wasn't that I didn't fit in because I didn't feel that way. I mean, I have family that is black. Um, but it was more so like not, it came more so from females, um, because I'm a female of like, who is this girl? Um, kind of like a weird look of like they didn't know where to put me. They didn't, that's all it was. Like now I can understand that they didn't know what box to put me in. Am I Hispanic? Am I black? Like what, what are you? Um, and then people would just chalk it up to you look exotic. Um, so now I'm like from some Island because they can't put me in a box. So, um, that's kind of the experiences that I've had where it was just the very odd look of, I, and that's why I, I understood it to be like, I don't know what box to put you in, in my mind. And, I remember like situations from high school of like trying to have conversation with um, a black girl and the way that she looked at me at first was kind of like had like an attitude towards me and like we ended up being like best of friends because I, I never let those experiences like dictate the way I showed up to speak with a person because like my dad's probably the same color as yours and my great grandfather is too and my grandfather so like it just doesn't show outside on me um and so there are aspects of um the black community that i will never personally experience because i'm in this like middle gray area almost um and i'm very aware of that as well so um and that runs a little bit deeper for people like my sister who is very white passing and we have the same mom and dad. And so that's even more of an identity. Like I, you know, she's got a black grandfather and she don't look black in any type of way. Um, yeah. And, you know, it really just comes down to like, wow, okay, so this is actually just about skin color um, and nothing more than that. Because just based on that is what you're deciding what box I'm going in. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because, um, so I work at a school Mm -hmm. um, teacher and there's she she I she's a white girl right she mm -hmm. looks she's like your, like probably like your sister yeah blue eyes blonde white girls her mom's mixed yeah so she like but she looks no but but you she has it in her like right hey, get, like you know how we say she can come to the barbecue but it would yeah. she would be able to because she had right. that her, but you wouldn't be able to tell just by her skin tone or it's um it's uh these I don't, I guess they're white, but they're not really, um, cause their dad's mixed, but mm, okay. very light skinned. So mm -hmm. when you see them, you look, oh, okay. The white family. But when you get yeah. up on them, like, oh no, that's, that, he, he, mm -hmm. he a brother. 
Okay, yeah. I see it. Yeah. And it's like, it's different for them because they're going to, their mom's white. They're going to go, you know, so just talking to you, it helps me understand how it's weird for people that are mixed or, or you know, just have a different skin tone. My son, for example, he's albino. Yeah. So he's light-skinned and he looks light-skinned. Mm -hmm. But if you know, you're like, oh, okay, he's albino. But I remember he used to be like, oh, I'm white. No, dude. Uh, yeah. You see me? You see, you see yeah. your sister? We're all black. We're all different shades. Like me and yeah. their, their mom is about the same complexion. His sister's dark skin. And then here he comes, light skin, red hair. Like what, what you know? Yeah, so it's, a, it's such an to, identity thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is because kids are kind of, you know, joke on them and joke um, now. And it's like, ah, I got joked on too, but it's a different kind of joke with him. Mm -hmm, so it's mm -hmm. like, we as his parents wouldn't understand like just like my parents could understand because they weren't born like me and yeah. a lot of people don't understand like the different um things you go through because it could be something where it's a racial thing and it's like okay I I, I get the black side of it mm -hmm. but then I I got this white yeah. side and yeah. like, I don't know where to go so yeah. in that with with that, how has have you had to not pick sides but go through a side kind of thing when it comes to the injustice that's went on yes. in the world? Yes. So I was just gonna say, let's add a whole nother caveat um, to everyone that is like tuning in with us right now because um, my, on my dad's side, so let's say my grandfather um, is a six foot tall, dark skinned black man from the dirt streets of Georgia, right? On my mom's side, I have an uncle who is a white Italian man who happens to be a detective working the police force. So I have literally both dynamics in my life, the police officer and the black man in my life. And my parents are divorced, so both sides of the family don't communicate as often, but at some point they used to. Um, and so during, let's say, um, a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement and the um, killing of George Floyd and all of those things, I was in such a, um, I guess you could say, gray area position. And it wasn't this side is right and this side is wrong. I was able to completely zoom out from the situation because there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of hurt, all of these emotions coming up in that entire movement that happened that summer and so for me to be able to step back because I have people in my family who are serving as police officers and then I also have people who are experiencing the racial racial um, injustices when it comes to uh, race and just your complexion and who you are in the community and all that stuff and so for me I never picked a side it wasn't I stand with my uncle who's a police officer or I stand with my grandfather, my dad and my brothers um, who are men of color. And really what I realized is there's good and bad in all races and all genders and all ethnicities, all sexualities. And for those who may have a bit of anger and this is me being like a, a little bit of a coach right now to those who are listening, but those who might have a little bit of anger um, towards the the things I'm saying of like there's good and bad in both I invite you to ask yourself where that's coming from and most likely it's from your own past experiences or family experiences or things you've moved through that you get to heal from 
um, because that place of anger and frustration, like we don't deserve to live there forever. Um, and the generational trauma and hurt and experiences that people of color have moved through, that black people have moved through is so deeply woven within all of us um, that me being a person of both races, I, ex I experience it. And it's also meshed with this other side that a black person may say is just straight privilege, right? And so it's like, how do I help heal this generational trauma and these experiences that black people have moved through um, while also still embodying this other side of me that exists. Um, because that's really what it comes down to is there is good and bad in all types of people. And if we want to stay stuck in the trap that they've created for us, um, then, I mean, be my guest. But it's nothing but um, lower vibration emotions that exist there, fear, anger, sadness, frustration. And no one really gets to excel and be an underdog when you stay in that place, right? So um, it's just important for us to recognize that. And, you know, every person's experience and things doesn't generalize for an entire group of people. And that's really hard to see when so much trauma and so much hurt and things have happened. So it's not, um, you know, pushing that to the side. It's just realizing, like, so now what do we do with it? And how do we decide to heal and move through it? Um, from a place that maybe our ancestors couldn't or didn't know how to do. So yeah, that's, it's happened. I've been in very polarized situations and have been able to say like, I love my uncle the same way that I love, you know, my grandfather and their perspectives on it. You know, my uncle will tell me there are bad apples in the police force, right? And that's, that's the thing. That's what it is. And then there's also in the black community, people who do good and who do bad, right? And so then is it really about race, which is the next, you know, that can, we can go far yeah. in that one, right? Because <laughs> as, as I'm listening to you, you don't see color because you have so much color in you from different angles. Which so is, you yeah. Look at everybody as human. So you can see, you can hear the opinions of Black people, not opinion, it could be factual, factual yeah. for white feeling the, the trauma of it yeah yeah so it's like that's that's dope that you can kind of like sit back and be like I hear what you're saying but then mm -hmm. you can also be the voice of because you're you're of both races like so yes that's super dope that you can see it that way because it's re it really is about heart it's never about color it's always mm -hmm. about who you are as a person because I've met some dope white people in my life I've met some dope black people. I've met some dope Hispanic people. I've met some dope uh, Chinese people. Uh, yeah, yeah, people. yeah. And, and it's all really about, it's about race. I mean, not race. It's about, it's about your heart and a person. But then in certain races, you're put in, like you said, a trap or a certain, your community is brought up a certain way. So you only see it a certain way. But then it's kind of like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's from Philly. Yeah. from the hood yeah and he gets to go and see oh they bougie no they're not bougie their parents just have money it's yeah. like when you're from the black community and you struggle it's like oh yeah i got it out the mud really you ain't really supposed to have to get it out the mud it's our parents weren't able to make a, a good path for us it's not necessarily their fault because it goes generation to generation but it's like you can't look at on somebody because their parents have money yeah. Or because you're light skinned and then you got a sister. You're like, yeah, this is my sister. Okay. Yep. Now they 
looking at you like you like y'all boo oh y'all go mm-hmm. to this or no I, it's, I'm just fortunate it's like you're supposed to do the good shit in life like as a parent I'm a parent like if I can get my school son in the best school and it's mainly white people yeah whoop-de-doo hey you got to get this education and you want to go hoop that's where we're going right. son right and it's like people got to stop looking at color because I don't like I said I grew up from five to 18 in a mainly white neighborhood so yeah. it's not like I can just oh I hate all white people no some of my closest friends as a kid was white dudes and the thing is they never acted try to act black they mm-hmm. were just one dude well, that's its own thing right there is being it to act black right like yeah. that it's 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 no longer about your skin color it's about the culture that is associated with that skin color that's really what people are talking about when you're not black enough or you're not white enough is a culture it's this someone who is and i could say it the basic you know um white dad right what comes to your mind they have barbecues they wear new balance sneakers they wear khakis they wear shorts when it's 50 degrees 40 degrees right like we can picture this person yeah. versus then we you know we could talk about someone in the black community you're going to get a totally different image in your mind but what happened what has happened is it's all programming it's all the media we tune into the news we listen to the social media things we see these celebrities like all of those things are what it should look like and if we decide to identify with those things then we're going to keep carrying that out and it's going to keep us all separated and you know, something that my grandma has always said to me, who was with a black man who got arrested for being with her, was one day it's going to be so mixed up, you're not going to be able to tell what anyone is. And I think that scares some people because right now it's like you can put people in boxes. As humans, we want to categorize things and have order and have like systems in place. And when we get to that point where you look at someone and you can look at people the way people look at me all the time of like, what are you? Who are you? you can't put them in a box it's going to keep happening more and more and more and those are the perspectives that we get to bring to light because it is like you said I don't see color but in summer of 2020 if I went up on social media and said I don't see color I would have been canceled because people are picking and choosing what's okay to say what's not okay to say and like it's yeah. yeah. So what you <laughs> look, this is the crazy thing when you said about culture or acting black or acting white. Yeah. If you go and get a, a black dad and a white dad, they're similar. We barbecue, <laughs> we're barbecuing, we got the slides on, we throw the shorts <laughs> on. Like when you get around dad, it's similar. It's like a lot of stuff is similar, but a lot, you know, we mm-hmm. everybody deal with stuff different. But when you have a dad and you you go to the birthday party and y'all mm-hmm. sitting there, y'all talking. Now y'all cool and friends. Oh yeah, the kids can hang out. We can hang out. Yeah. Oh, you, you can barbecue. Oh, okay. Let's have a cook-off then. Stuff like that. Yep. Yep. But when you look at media and especially for black dads, oh, uh, they're they're not active. I know way more good, great black dads than I know bad black dads. And it's not just stereotype. Yeah. Just just like I'm in a black father's community. It's like it's a stereotype of how they look at it, and it's like. Yeah. So with me being a speaker, you know, when you speak, they mm-hmm. kind of want you to dress up. Dress up? What's that? I don't dress <laughs> up. Dress up? What? No, I can be myself no matter if mm-hmm. I'm black, white, if I had tattoos or whatever. As long as I come in the kids, 
are like, oh, he's dope. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned something from it. It don't, it shouldn't matter. And it don't matter because I'm coming in with a shirt like this. I might have a fitted on and I got some some shoes. I might have shorts. I might have some sweats that fit. Yeah. And, and yeah. Like not myself. And people gotta like you can't look at the color of somebody because you never know where they came from. Cause it could be like somebody gets adopted. And they're okay, so you got a, yeah. a white kid that gets adopted to a black family, and now oh he acting black. No, he grew up in a black household. He just it's just a culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just or vice versa, uh, yep. like or people used. I used to joke on my sister. I remember because my granddad, I forgot he was in the other room, but he could hear us. And I was like, you you, you talk white, and it was just <laughs> stupid of me to say that as a kid. Like yeah. you talk white. Well, you, you don't know. You yeah. Talk, you thought you like hear. you got an education because guess what she uh, went to school for to be a teacher mm. so it's like mm, but yep. this is the crazy thing guess who's the teacher and who's not the teacher i'm the mm-hmm. teacher and she's not the teacher and i'm the one that don't got the the tough white but i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna be able to teach the kids because you can't look at the color of somebody and you're mm-hmm. the prime example of, and that's what i'm hearing as i'm listening you got different perspectives on on that and different things but so how you you went through life you still probably mm-hmm. go through different things so how does it you said it transferred into your business so how yeah. does it how, like what do you talk about what do you do with what we were just discussing in in your business yeah yeah so background on what what my business emerge even is so the word emerge means to become known by definition so what i do working with people and one-on-one coaching and energy healing and all those things it is all around connecting with and getting to know what your purpose is. Why are you here on earth? And then allowing you yourself to feel confident and grounded in that purpose so you can show up in the world that way to make your impact and to keep moving forward. So the way that this has played into my business really starts when I decided to invest in working with other coaches myself and finding mentors myself to build a business like this because the conversations were, I was always the youngest in the room in these groups. I was always the youngest in the room. And I was always, most of the time, the only person of color in these groups. Um, And so I knew that part of me building my business, and I didn't even really do this intentionally, was to allow everyone, and white women who run businesses like this will say it too, but then you see the containers of people that they call together and the people they work with and they all look the same let's right let's put it that way and so i was always kind of like the one who didn't look like the others in the group and so i knew they'll say this for everyone that they work with to feel seen and heard and it's one thing to say that and be able to deliver that to the best of your ability but for me When I say to clients and to my community, I see you, I hear you, it doesn't only just come from like my heart, but it also comes from my life experiences, which is so, so much different and such a different avenue because I don't just call in and work with and support clients who are white, who are black, or who are just multiracial because that's what I am, where a lot of coaches um, or people in this industry are white. So they only really call in a majority of what they look like because a person who wants a coach wants to resonate and see themselves in some way in that coach. And if you want a mentor, you want in some way to see yourself in that mentor. And so a lot of people can see themselves in me because I'm a blend of so many different things. 
And so this has allowed me to hold space and perspective for people of all races, all genders, all sexualities. I've had people of almost every race that we could think of, all the boxes, work with me. I've had people identify as gay, straight, all of the sexual, whatever your sexual, sexual preferences, um, and even down to their ethnicity and their belief system, where you'll see that is another thing as well as religious versus not religious, right? And that's a, an entire conversation in itself of like believing there to be truth in all religions. So I can hold space for people of all different belief systems, because there is no right or wrong, just like there is no you can only be one or the other because I'm, I'm both, I'm all of those things. And so I've never denied any piece of who I am. And that's allowed me to achieve more success in my business because I'm then giving other people to not permission energetically to not deny any piece of themselves. You notice people that, you know, other mentors may say, or people may say like, if you want to become this, you can't do this, this, and this. Like you said, if you want to be successful, you have to dress this certain way. I come in and defy all of those things down to my skin color, down to my belief system, whatever it may be. And so it kind of like triggers some people and then other people feel really seen and heard by it because they can't put me in the box, in a box and they never felt like they fit in a box. And so those are the people who are really starting to, you're starting to see their voices come, come to the forefront more. And having conversations like this, like you said, like, it's not about skin color. It's not about race. It's about your heart. And so the work I do is not about what you look like on the outside. It's about you're a soul having a human experience. And I'm talking to that. I'm talking to your soul, not this human body that you're in. So um, what I, what, cause I always take notes. Yeah. And, yeah. I love how you said, I see you, I hear you. Yeah. Some people feel like I've been there. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy I interviewed yesterday, he was like, he kind of gave me that, I see you, I hear you. Never mm -hmm. met him before, only talked, that was my first time talking to him, but it was, it was dope to have somebody say that. But yeah. really what I, what I got from that was uh, never deny any piece of yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, it took a long time to do that, especially with, you know, um, right. disability. It was like, it took to an adult to really realize like, dude, you ain't, ain't shit gonna change, brother. Like you gonna have these, you had it your whole life and you got through life so you can get through life. And I just remember my mom as a kid, she was like, they not gonna, your arms aren't gonna change. And like, so, you know, you have to deny whatever every little piece that looks like it's bad because what looks like yes it's a love it yeah it's gonna help other people because sometimes like nowadays it's so crazy like as an adult like like people will be like you're dope like because what you do because sometimes when you see someone with a disability you're like they ain't not doing a whole lot they're not you know you don't really see them but now more you kind of do but it's like just hearing that and uh, you being able to, like you said, talk to everybody. Because sometimes, you, like you said, having a coach, you kind of want somebody that look like you or been, but you can't always do that. I'm, 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 I'm not saying this because something I've seen. I'm yeah. talking about me myself. So I went to, um, I go, went to this all white church. I was going there. I was because um, I was. I was going through a whole lot of shit. This yeah. lady, 
uh, this black lady invited me. So we go in there. And then long story short, my financial coach is a white man, older mm-hmm. white man. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that we would even like, but he dude's cool. We had a good conversation. If he knows what you need to know, then it don't matter what he, he looks like. And yeah. Even outside the money, he's like, we have a relationship. He kind of like an uncle, like type mm-hmm. guy. Like, you know, we talk, we he, you know, I've been straight up with him. He never judged me. He never looked at me no different. He like, all right, okay, cool. So we just need to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's been able to help. And it's like, oh, I could have been like, ah, no, I don't really know. But it's like, dude, you've lived around white people. You've had conversations with them before. They're dope people. But sometimes you're like, oh, I got to support my my Black people. I got to. And I I promise it's just like sports. Every good sports team, even if it's predominantly Black, it has a a good white boy on it. Like, you can't, like, if anybody listening, you watch sports. Tell me I'm wrong. Every team has a white boy on the team. He can shoot three. You might not have a Larry Bird, but you got some in it in everything. And it's kind of almost the opposite when you go to um, the all white school and you got the black dude or the black chick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, you assume that they're just the best sport. Oh, because we're black. It's like I don't even play sports. I just came here because I'm smart. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? like I'm not here for that. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's like you gotta accept everybody and you accept everybody and that's super dope that I think it's even doper that like you have the whole mixture like I think this is the first time I've had a, a in-depth conversation with someone that's mixed and hearing yeah. their view on life and it's like you look at it totally different because you don't I think I'm pretty sure something's gonna be like uh it's your character not your skin is gonna be like mm-hmm. the title that, like that's what you see because like you said you got your granddad you got your uncle they don't look nothing like no <laughs> you're not hanging out you're not gonna catch them eating dinner nowhere just yeah. but then you go into this world and people like oh we're gonna ooh, ooh, okay she light-skinned uh yep she, she just like trying to figure it out yeah trying to figure it out and it's like yeah. just, just allow people to be themselves yeah and i think yeah when i'm sure you having your coaching business, you see it all the time, like being able to help somebody. It don't matter what you look like, as long as you help somebody. Because people, because sometimes your own people be the people that stab you in your back. Yeah. Be the people that'll fuck you over. And it's like, ah, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because you're my family. Nope. Hell, me personally, <laughs> I don't care. If my mama was to do something crazy, hey, OG, I'm sorry. I can't rock with you. I, I'm still your son, but I can't rock with you, you know. And you don't have to look at that. And then you, you are helping people not look at that. Like, have you had any masterminds or anything? Are you there yet to where you have masterminds where like your clients are all in the same room and everybody looking like, this looks like an AA meeting. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So uh, the reason that I can say um, that I've worked with all genders and sexualities and races really is because I've held group spaces for people Um, And I know my one-on-one clients that I work with, my private clients that I work with, I know that they're all of different groups, I guess you could say. Um, But I did hold one group container um, last summer. And it was so interesting because this is why I can say it's not about what you look like on the outside or the boxes you decide to check. Because if you're here to figure your purpose out, 
this is about your soul mission. This has nothing to do with this body you're in. Like I, your meat suit, that's what I like to call it sometimes. It has nothing to do with that because a black person, a white person, a gay person, a straight person, they can, you can all be looking for what's my purpose? Why am I here on earth? Because at the end of the day, we're all just having this human experience and want to know the deeper meaning to it and what we're here to do and what makes us feel fulfilled. And that doesn't really always have to play into what you look like on the outside. Can you support um, a, a group of people based on what you look like? Maybe that's part of your purpose, working within a certain community because you identify with them. Sure, but at the end of the day, the idea of finding purpose, it's, it's across the board. It's not a certain group of people need help figuring that out more than others. It's really based on where you're at in your, this journey of life. And so, yeah, it, I have had containers where there's been people of all different, um, you know, checking all the different boxes. And that's what I love so much about what I've created is because it is truly a representation of, of who I am. And I continue to attract relationships and connections and clients and opportunities that align with that because I don't deny any piece of myself. And so I either call people up to start doing the same for themselves, or I attract people who also see things that same way, where it's not about, I can't embrace this piece of me because I want to do X, Y, and Z. This is who I am. This is a part of my journey. And if you can't accept that, then we're all reflections of each other. So then that says something about you. What in your life are you not accepting about yourself? If I can confidently say, I love every piece of who I am. I love every piece of the work that I do. And that triggers you. What are you not accepting about yourself? What areas of your life do you not, do you need to, do you get to love that much more so that you can start showing up fully embodied in who you are? Yeah. So purpose doesn't have color. Like I, like when we really yeah. all sit down and really think about that, how purpose doesn't have colors. Cause it don't matter what you do. You could be a rapper. You got every genre that listens to you. Yeah. It don't matter if you play sports, white people, black people, everybody watches you. Yes. So when you have a purpose, it doesn't have a color. Like no. that's like, yeah, like that. I think I might even make a shirt with that. Something with that. That yeah. Really, oh like, yeah. Really just hit me different because when yeah. you think because when I started my journey of speaking right, I was mm -hmm. going to have you ever heard of Toastmasters? I was in it. Yeah. I was actually yeah. the youngest person. They told me I was too young to be in Toastmasters. <laughs> so <laughs> They're like yes. if you're not 18 yet, you got to come back on your birthday. <laughs> wow. So I'm going to Toastmasters because I'm like, I got to learn about speaking. You know, I, this is something new to me. So yeah. I'm going and uh, this guy comes in and he he's dope. He's dope out the gates. Me and him connect. White guy. And it was like, we're going for the same purpose. We ain't looking at nothing different yeah. even though he's like from Chicago so he was like uh he kind of understood the culture a little bit but it wasn't like him his kids our kids was hanging out like his wife used to watch my son like we became cool uh we don't talk as much now we go went different paths and like career-wise but at that moment like like just thinking about what you said no it was no color it was I didn't went over there and ate dinner and it's like uh y'all got some salt mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like you know so yeah but it wasn't it was like we're hanging out we're kicking it we're doing stuff but when me and him worked together it wasn't about that like uh we were mentoring kids and most of them was black we was going to the detention centers like yeah. together 
that ne- like color was never involved. It was all about purpose. And that like that's like that's super dope. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Like when we and, really think about yeah. it. Yeah. It don't say in the Bible or if whatever, if you, you know you read the Bible, it doesn't say, oh, well, your purpose is only to work with these people um over here. No, no. because you know, because say for, for us that serve people, mm-hmm. we can be somewhere and somebody come up to us and get to talking to us and Oh, because they look like something we don't talk to them and we miss our blessing because we were supposed to be a blessing to them. Yes. We don't look at it like that. If somebody comes up, it don't matter who they are and they talking and I feel like, Ooh, uh Oh, it's time to kick into speaking. And I get to talking to them and I help them out. And they're like, thank you. I, I really needed that. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they look like. Yeah. It don't matter. It, it could be like, I could be telling you, I'd be like, man, I remember the other day. I don't even remember. Dude, it was some guy. I don't say he was black or white. It was some dude and I helped him out and da da da. And that's the end of the story. And when we really sit down and look at it, purpose really doesn't have color. Like, you're dope. Like, that really just hit me. You are too. Yeah. You are too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody I'm glad that resonated. Yeah. Yeah, that it's like when you think about, because what's the goal? To make money. And everybody goes after money. But well, yeah, but then, yeah, even deeper. So why do we need money though? What's the point, right? And at the end of the day, we all come back to the same needs. We all have desires. We all have things that we want and we want in life. And that a black person want the same things a white person might want. You want to have a house. You want to have family. You want people that love and care about you. It's the basic needs of being human, not because you're black or because you're white. And we associate it with these certain groups. If you're, if you identify or check a box or say you're in one group, but then there's people like me who are in this middle ground and can tell you that people from both sides struggle with the same things. They just look differently because there's only one scale of human emotions. There isn't a scale of human emotions for black people and a scale of human emotions for white people. (laughs) Right? Like it's just what you experience, what happens in your life to evoke those emotions is different. Grief is grief. No matter what, there isn't a black grief and a white grief. It's just the thing that happens to cause your grief might be a bit traumatic in one person's situation than the other, but it's still grief at the end of the day. There's still phases you move through when you experience grief. Happiness is happiness, black or white. There is no black happiness, white happiness. (laughs) It brings us back to this being, being of one, of just being human. And I mean, who knows what the hell you were in your past life? Yeah, you, you know, just, you know, you just, you know, you just slapped a couple people that listen to this. You just smacked them upside the head, like when you get that fresh cut. When you <laughs> yeah, because that's that's really all that. Yeah, racism, the opposite. What we're talking about is the opposite of racism or stereotypes or how we're how cultures. They're just are systems to keep us separated. Yeah, because that's, that's all it is. One purpose. It's all one purpose. It's kind of like as a black as black people as a black yeah. kid, we want to be the president, right? Our chances sure. of being the president is one out of what forty four, one out of forty four or forty five. Yeah, forty four, one yeah. out of forty chance to do that. But it could be all, we all could want that, but we don't have the same advantage. But as the president, the goal is all the same goal. It don't matter who the president is. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the same goal. Let me mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. All the presidents, they're a little different, a little dirty, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a whole uh, conversation. That's but another episode. 
Yeah, the goal of the president is to be to lead a country. It doesn't say yeah. you have to look like this. One day, I promise, I hope a woman is the president because what we're talking about, it don't have anything to do with race. It doesn't have anything. You're a man or a woman. It, nope. it matters if you're a good fucking leader. Like yeah. if you're good, if you're a good person. It don't matter. It shouldn't matter what you look like if you can lead people. That's yep. kind of like with me. Like somebody might see me. I'm short. I got short hands. They like, what? What can this dude do? How do yeah. you know what I can do? You haven't even asked. You haven't even seen. You haven't even gave me a chance. Give me a chance and see what happens. It's like basketball. It don't matter mm -hmm. where I go. I don't care what color you is. You look at me any different. That's your fault. The results right. is your fault. And that's if you're judging how, me, you're judging yourself. Yeah, and like you said, people yeah. uh, hurt. Like they say, hurt people hurt people, and it's yep. like whatever you went through. It's like oh. Like you, like you made so perfect sense. Grief has no color. Happiness has no color. Like no. we all want to be happy. We all want to be wealthy and make sure that our kids live a certain way and don't have to struggle and all this different stuff. Yeah. Like, why do we look at it that way? Like you said, they, it's a system. It's they're trying mm -hmm. to make it that way. They want to divide us. Like, yes. The Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. Not it, it ain't nothing <laughs> to me, but it's two black people acting a fucking fool on national TV and what do they all, all they always think it's us well, well guess they what? do that on purpose it's just yeah it's it's also distraction too of the things that are really happening in the world like they're gonna yeah. put two celebrities on TV and make them do that so that a certain community can focus on that versus what's actually really going on and then it distracts yeah. you from figuring out your purpose and who you really are and taking care of yourself and so you're focused on Will Smith and Chris Rock's life but you have a lot of internal work that you get to do and healing you get to do, but that's what they do. It's distraction. Yeah. And so I mean, the more we can catch that, yeah, the more we can catch that, the better, the more in touch we can become with our purpose that has no color and become even closer, more fulfilled with, with those things. You know what the new dis the distraction might be? Uh, I heard it's a new strand of <laughs> Oh no, this oh, this lady I work with, an uh, older lady. Yes, you know, older people, they are healthy. She's like, We yeah. gotta be careful. So they might shut this episode down there. You might yeah. be, we gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, it's <laughs> she said it's in another country right now, but you know, that's how they all can it could be something like that, or it could be something with the war. Like it's always a it's, yeah, it's always a distraction, but it's all sometimes it's like let it not be us. Let us let it not be us to act a fool on T. And when I say us, I mean black people. I'm coming from the black point. Like, because we already looked upon differently. We already looked up, yep. upon as oh, they acting a fool. So it's like when that happens, everybody talking about, oh, if I was with it, no, it shouldn't have happened. Hey, let, let me how all right. Oh, that's you got job. I'd have been like, keep my you could have said whatever he said, and then be like, I'll let you after the show. Where's not the, the no? It's all it's all planned. It's all yeah. set up, and you, know you just why? keep up to tune into that. Look, you know why Chris Rock has a, a tour coming out with Kevin Hart? Guess what? His sales just magically went up. Come oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Well, here's an example that relates very nicely with our, the beginning of our conversation around um, just like the black community and experiencing different things, like during the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know if this was happening so much um where you are but in new jersey at least on my social media feed this was very big and this is what it 
a perfect example of what it means to be awake and deeper, deeply connected to myself that I was able to pick up on this. And so were a few other people, but it just kind of went over the heads of many. Um, the day where it was like blackout Tuesday and mm-hmm. everyone posted a black screen on their social media. And then you saw white people do it. And like, it was their allies because they posted a black screen on their Instagram. Um, it started to become this thing of like, whatever you put on your social media determines like if you're a good person or a bad person. Um, and I remember showing up on social media that day and I triggered a lot of people by saying this, but what is posting a black screen really healing and doing for people? First of all, with no caption, just a hashtag with a black screen and to then later find out that now social media is white. You're not seeing anything but these black screens on your whole feed. You don't get no other information besides that. Well, that happened to be the same day as a really important court case with some said people in politics that would have revealed some really big things related to deeper shit like sex trafficking and these things that race isn't a part of. And that was happening on the same day that Blackout Tuesday happened. But of course, we're going to post black screens to black out social media so everyone's asleep and not paying any attention to what's truly going on because some true tr- some truth was being exposed that day but no one would have known it because look at what they did social media that day so if we're tuned in if we're connected to the deeper thing that's really going on here and awake to that we don't miss things like that we don't fall into these like like what did that actually do posting the black screen right where we could have come up to some really big truth as a community, as a human race for what's happening to children and all these other groups of people. And so it's really important that we continue to stay tuned into that versus these outward things that people make us think we should be doing to be good black people, good white people. Um, Because if if you tune inward, you realize that those are not the answers that they put out there. (laughs) So it's like people, we, we, forget that racism is going to happen. People are going to talk about you to the day that you pass away. Yeah. Say stuff like all the stuff that goes on in the world is going to happen. It's a cycle. It happened with our parents, grandparents. It's just more. And now, like you're saying, the thing is more stuff is like noticeable if you actually pay attention, but you yep. don't have to pay attention. You just, when you're, when you're living out your purpose, when you're, you're yes. in different rooms because you're making different money. And when you're in different rooms, you, the conversations is different and you get to learn stuff. Like I've been like, my money ain't nowhere near where some of the rooms or some of the people I've talked to, but I've got information and learned about stuff or just networking with people. You hear different kind of conversations or what kind of stock to yeah. somebody could be talking about uh, a money play. And then you hear about it two, three years later. You're like, dang, I remember when he told me that now the whole world knows and mm-hmm. it's pure. You didn't look at color. You just looked at, okay, this is, a, I'm at a conference. Uh, we all in a group. We sitting at the table. I don't know you from Adam and Eve. I don't know you, you from here, you from the suburbs. I'm from the ghetto. We all here for a purpose. Now we talking, we networking. Now you didn't help me make a couple million. I didn't help him make a couple million. Like, and we didn't, yep. instead of that, we look at the shit. And so I don't, I promise I try not to get into that. Like, I didn't make no comments. I just was reading people's stuff. Like, I don't try to, like... Yeah. Uh, especially here in Indiana. Indiana is very racist. Um, 
Uh, so when something happens with the black person or even a white person, I just go look at the news and look at the comments and look at people. And I'm like, boy, y'all some heartless people. Like, and they pick and choose what they what they project out to us, what news we like, see. Yeah, and yeah, it's like if y'all really want to get down with the get down, we're not our grandparents. We are about all the smoke. If y'all really like and that's the thing as as black people, we're actually probably some of the nicest people. We just been through a lot of shit. So pain is overweighed the love that we actually have inside because we just don't know. How, we don't know how to love sometimes. Yeah, we don't know. How, and it's not being healed. No one yeah. is. You have to be tough. You have to be hard on the outside. You have to wear this shell because you're in protective mode. Look at I'm five minutes from the bridge in in Philadelphia and the amount of deaths that have happened in 2022 over there is ridiculous for only being in March. And yeah. so the amount of pain that exists there, well, it's also very evident of the amount of healing that gets to happen there. One of my, um, she was not really like a personal mentor of mine, but I've read her books. Her name is Yanla Van Zant. I think you'd really like some of her stuff, but uh, my dad and her have always read her I books and book. things. My mom just gave me a book from her. Yeah. Of course she did. And of course. And so yeah. she says one of uh, something she shared a while back was it takes 13 generations to break a pattern or to heal something. 13 generations. And that is biologically in our DNA. Hurt, trauma, pain, all those things exist, exist on a DNA level. And so if someone is not actively choosing to heal those things, the pattern will continue. And so like you said, we're not our grandparents. Yes, but we carry the hurt and the trauma that they did not heal. And so we're acting out of this place that's not really truly us. It's coming from previous people. And so we could recognize that and be the person who, like ourselves, puts ourselves in these rooms where we're the oddball out to learn from other groups of people and gain different perspectives and do the work, do the healing work. Like that's part of my purpose is to be here to break generational patterns, to do shit differently. And because if not, then these stories of I'm not good enough or I'm not black enough or I'm not white enough, my kids are going to have those stories one day. And like, that's not benefiting anyone. So if I get to move through that and heal that and love all parts of myself, I can then pass that to others. So if we can just acknowledge that this pain and this hardness that people have, like, it's really just a calling for healing. And that's, that's that deeper work that I get to do with people. And that I'm witnessing so many other people are starting to commit to is like, if we're going to start doing things differently as a human race, we have a lot of shit to heal. So with that, since, you know, that's when it comes to the healing, people got to come to you. <laughs> they got to come to, to you. So what is three tips that people of any, from anywhere can use to maybe not look at their certain situation Mm -hmm. or what's going on and look at the purpose like look how to get to find out their purpose or get yeah. to aim towards their purpose rather than looking at the the stuff that's relevant but irrelevant yeah yeah so the first thing I would say is going to be to acknowledge to simply sit with yourself and this is like that's a loaded question and I just want to acknowledge that for anyone who's like listening to this as well it's like it's not like a one two three you have your purpose but these are the things that are will start to energetically activate things within you to start calling you up and start awakening your heart or start awakening your soul, that voice that wants to speak, not the fear, not the pain, not the worry, but that voice that comes from love, that comes from peace, comes from abundance, you'll start to hear that voice more. So I would say tip number one 
would be to acknowledge what's working in your life and what's not working in your life. What, what feels good and what doesn't feel good right now. And then do that as a scale across all areas of your life. In your relationships, what relationships are working. In your um, job, what's working, what's not working. All of those things. Analyze the different areas of your life. What do I like? What do I not like? Just start by asking yourselves that because a lot of times people don't even ask themselves that. Then from there, reflect. Ask yourself, how did I get here? How did I get to this point where I'm in a job that I really don't like? I'm literally just here to make money and it's not fulfilling me in any other way. How did I end up in this relationship that I keep coming back to and it's extremely toxic and I know it's not serving me, but I don't know how to get out of it. How did I end up here? So I would say acknowledging first what's working, what's not working, reflect on how you even got there. And then a simple practice of finding gratitude. How is everything in your life happening for you? And when you've been through trauma, you've been through hardship, you've been through pain, it's really hard to see that sometimes. But when you challenge yourself every day to ask, how is this happening for me? You'll start to realize, because we, like we were talking before we pressed record on this, like we are presented with lesson after lesson. And until we learn that lesson and integrate it, the universe is going to keep showing us that lesson until we're like, all right, I get it. I learned it. And I'm going to embody the version that gets it. So what are things that you can be grateful for and asking yourself, how is this happening for me? How has X, Y, and Z happened for me versus thinking you're the victim of your life? Because that's not going to really get you anywhere. You're not going to feel empowered by that. So I would say those three things. Yeah. It's, uh, I was watching an interview um, on B. Simone and she was like, you're going to get the same test until you pass it. Like the yeah. same stuff will happen until like, the acknowledge and when you say every area you was like job everything and that yes. even hit me because I'm like okay I need to I need to sit down I'm you know sit down and ask myself yeah. at work because it's like my job is cool I teach like I it's not the not what I want the end goal to be is mm-hmm. you know it's, it's helping but it's like where can I get better and I'm and I'm a person to ask questions I always yes. try to figure out you know what am I doing or maybe what I'm not doing versus somebody else but just asking myself what's working for me what's not working and then that's when I'll be able to hey I need some help in this area and yeah. then you said reflect how did I get here that that is people don't look at that people yeah. will, like something to happen and say something to happen and somebody else is involved you'll blame that person. no no you got here on your own because you have to realize what you did. It's not what, what choices did you make? Yeah. You can say don't no. judge it. Yeah. Don't judge it. Like there's no right or wrong. Just how did I get here? What choices did I make? Whether they yep. helped you or hurt you. How did I get here? Yep. Cause it's cause um, I was watching a video I did. I was like somebody that became homeless. They didn't just become homeless overnight. Like you don't just like, even if say you, rich or you hit the lottery you just don't become broke overnight it's your habits yeah. it's stuff that you did and you look up and you like hold on I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't got no crib oh this happened or it could be the opposite you broke and you didn't been consistent at something and you look up oh wait a minute my bank account yeah. is looking kind of nice and it's because you had to reflect on yes what you did like how did you get there like what because I, I did that uh not too long ago where um I was winning. Like I was making some money at work. I had another job. Money was coming in. And I was like, what was I doing when I was winning? Because it's not like I'm losing or anything, but it's like I would I had a good, like, you know, you go through life and life punches mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. 
how do I get back there? And I had, I was like, okay, I remember I was doing this, this, this in the morning and I was doing this. And it's like, okay, start getting back to those things. So it's like, how do you get to where it, it could, it don't matter. Like when you reflect, it could be, you reflect each day on yes. how yesterday. Yes. Yep. You get there. So don't look at the reflection as it got to be long term. Look at it small term. Then you said find gratitude. I've heard that so many different times because it's not I have a job. It's like I get to go to this job because everybody don't get to do everything that they want. So you have to look at life. You have to be grateful for everything that you have. Wherever your feet are at, be grateful for it. Yeah. And find find the, the happiness in it that you can look at okay, I don't have a car, but I can, I can Uber every day to work. I know every day I can, I'm going to make it to work. So somebody might have a car and their car might break down. They might not be able to make it to work, but I know I'm going to figure out to have that money in that account to get there. So I'm grateful that I can get to work. I'm grateful. Yeah. I get to come, you know, I don't live in the best of neighborhoods, but I get to come to a house. Like I'm, you know, everybody don't get to say that. Yeah. So it's, you have to be grateful for everything, every little thing. Because Because gratitude is, yeah, gratitude is you acknowledging what has been given to you and what has happened for you. And when you're grateful for something, you attract more of that because what you focus on, where you focus, where you put your focus is where things start to flow, right? And so if you're grateful for certain things, that's what you'll start to receive more opportunities, more experiences, more people in your life that are on that same frequency of the things you're grateful for. And it's not just well, because, you know, there's people starving in this country, I'm grateful for the food I have, but genuinely like feel it in your body. Like I'm grateful for this because it's going to literally nourish my body. If I don't put this food in my body, I'm going to get weak and pass out and my blood sugar is going to drop or whatever it may be versus making it something external outside of you, which is a very great place to start when it comes to gratitude of like, well, because this person doesn't have it and I have it, I get, I have to be grateful for it. But no, like, why do why do you have it, and how is it helping you specifically? Don't make it about anyone else, because it's it's your situation, it's your your circumstances right now. So being able to fully feel it in your body, like, take moments to like literally put your hands on your heart, like, I'm breathing in this moment, and this is happening for me right now, right? And it could be the simple things of driving to work, like, you get to make an impact on these kids' lives every day. That's huge. You're everything that you're doing in this conversation right now. You're going to show up to that classroom with knowledge you didn't have before, activations you didn't have before, and those kids are then going to receive that. And look at that then generational influence that you get to have. You know, like if you can look at how is what I'm doing helping the greater good, it allows you to feel really fucking powerful as a person. Yeah, it, it really does. And it and it's like, um, can't nobody tell me like. Like, you can't tell me that I'm, like, not doing what, like, because sometimes, you know, I'm a preschool teacher. I went from elementary and then to little kids. So they might look at it as, like, what, you, bro, you don't know that, that I'm, I'm starting, I'm at the beginning. You're putting, you're, yeah, yeah. So I might not be able to, I know what they need to learn, but I might install value. I might install different stuff in them that carries along with the next person class that they in that teaches them the read, write, all that, the school. I remember my preschool teacher. (laughs) People remember you. (laughs) Yeah, because I I might, down the line, might be one of the only Black men that they have in their class. And a lot of them, like, 
some of them look at me probably like as a father figure. Some of them look at me like a little uncle or something. Because these mm-hmm. kids, they create like, and it, it's just like one of the kids, he's real bad, like real, real bad. But when he with me or he like, he ain't on that. And it's like something about me to him. He like, no, nah, I can't be on that. Because it's like, Mr. Eric gonna let me go play if I really don't mess up. Because I'm not a person that looks at a kid like, oh, you bad. Oh, no, I was bad. So I know all he done, I didn't done. So I'm not going to look at him like he's a kid. He's doing kid stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like when you when you look at what you do, that power really comes. It's like when you walk mm-hmm. in there, you know, them kids going to light. I know the kids going to light up. And you know, when you get on a call or whatever, somebody going to light up like, oh, I'm talking to coach today. Like, I know yeah. she's going to do some stuff to go out here. And it's like, I don't care what somebody negative say or, oh, you go to bed too early or you do this. You, you don't know why. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. why I do that. I got to mm-hmm. do that for a certain reason. You might, that's not your assignment, but it's my assignment. So I got to go, I got to do something different. And yes. Yeah, like you said, like, so I need an underdog quote. It could be your quote. It could be somewhere, whatever. I mean, you yeah, yeah. Gyms. Just go ahead and give us an underdog quote about something about purpose around somebody with purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have to deny any piece of yourself in order to succeed. Mm, mm, it's mm. not necessary. Yeah. Don't deny any piece of yourself. You don't have to in order to succeed to oh man that yep that's it that's it right there so before, <laughs> before we get to the how people can reach you and stuff you yeah gotta your listeners yes you have gift and i appreciate that so yeah. tell the listeners what the gift is and what to do yeah yeah so the gift, when um, when you and I started talking, I was like, so I have something I want to share with your listeners, if that's okay. You're like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, so the gift is a guide that I created. It is called the Reset, Realign, Reactivate Guide. It is completely free. And um, I'm sure Eric will put in the, the show notes for people to click the link to literally just go and download this guide. Um, but why, what is the point? What is the guide for? It's to simply reset, realign and reactivate to tune back into yourself. So a lot of what we talked about today is probably going to bring some shit up for people. They're probably going to start asking themselves some deeper questions. And if they don't, and they're just listening as they're driving or whatever it may be, they're, they're going to receive the activations anyway, because that's these, these conversations are very potent in that way. Um, and so this guide is tools and resources to reconnect with your true self. So whether it's, you went out for the whole weekend and you come home and you're feeling bloated and disconnected and just hung over and whatever it may be. And you got to get back on your shit for the week. Or it could be, you just got out of a relationship and it wasn't serving you and you feel really disconnected from who you truly are. The tools and the resources, the exercises within this guide are intuitively put together in an order that will realign you with who you truly are. And so I designed this to be completely free because I think it's tools that everyone could benefit from. It's no tool in there I haven't used and that I don't use almost daily. Um, and so this will be shared with, with your entire community, the Reset, Realign, Reactivate Guide. Um, and I'm so excited to share it because I think these tools are, everyone is deserving of, of this type of medicine, these types of um, 
things. They don't teach you in school how to protect your energy, how to cleanse your energy, how to come back to your true self. They don't teach you that. Um, and so I've found ways that have worked for me that have worked for many others and have been able to share it with my community and grateful now to be able to share it with yours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Where it's going to benefit. I'm actually going to get to um, click on the link before you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when she when I get the link, I'm gonna um use it myself because yeah. uh this was a dope conversation. We we I think I like how we went. We started with you know your upbringing, then kind of what you had to face or how you looked at not really much how you faced, but how you looked at the world and it helped. Yes, people understand that purpose doesn't have a color. Like I oh I love I, that. Yeah, I appreciate this conversation. Like, it was super dope. Like, we, I already knew it was going to be dope from our first conversation. Yeah. But, it, like, it really, like, for me, a light bulb, ding, ding, went on a couple of times. Like, <laughs> I, like, I'm probably going to go back and listen. I haven't done a video um, virtually yet. So, I usually, when I'm doing audio, I'm taking notes. And I, I have no, no notes. So, I got to yeah. go back and listen because you dropped a lot of, you added a lot of value. I wouldn't say dropped a lot of gems, just added value that is realistic that people can actually do in real time and yes. help themselves. And again, I appreciate you. So how can people yeah. reach you? How can they see what you're doing? Um, if you have any projects, anything, how can people reach you? Yeah, yeah. So um, the Reset, Realign, Reactivate guide is going to be helpful for everyone. Um, but to hang out with me, connect with me, be in my energy, um, I hang out a lot on Instagram. So my Instagram is just my first and last name. Um, I know Eric will also, you'll put that um, in the show notes for them as well. Um, so at Kayla Bruton is my Instagram. Um, you can come hang out with me there. Uh, and then to continue to receive like these activations and be a part of, you know, connecting with your purpose of emerging, um, which is my business, uh, whether it's looking for support one-on-one, -on -one, it's receiving um, any other type of guidance. Um, I actually have a few spots open right now for one-on-one -on -one coaching for that next level of like, you know, you want more in your life, you know, you're trying to achieve more, um, to become more, and you just don't know the questions to ask yourself to reveal what that might look like to get clear on that vision of your future self, and then actually create steps to become that person. Um, and so that's the work that I get to do with my clients one-on-one. -on -one, and I have, I think two or three spots open right now. Um, for that opportunity to receive those activations and really start stepping into your higher self and step into your purpose. Cause like we said, it doesn't have color. And um, I would be honored and I'm very grateful to be able to share this with your community as well. So thank you. Oh, thank you again. Thank you uh, so much for adding value for being yourself um, for not looking at color. Cause sometimes uh, you know, you could be a mixed person that, oh, I'm black, no, yeah. and you know, so you are, oh, I'm white, or you know, because yeah. you said your sister looks more white, you look mm -hmm, kind of. Mm -hmm. so you guys could have went, could have went the different different way, but you didn't, and you look at life bigger than um, the outside, and I love that. This was a yeah a dope conversation. Um, again, I appreciate you. Do you have any closing words before we get out of here? Just continue to, to seek, listen to that voice, that, that connection with your purpose that's bigger than the pain, the hurt, the grief, whatever it may be. Um, because Eric and I are true testaments of what that looks like to listen to that other voice that's more empowering. So yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm excited to continue to connect with you and your community.
appreciate it. And on that, on that note, peace, one love. Thanks, guys.